All right, guys, I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here with Ariel Stern. He is the co-founder and CEO of IECA, and he is going to talk to us a little bit about digitization, the IoT. We're going to talk about some uh, cybersecurity, so we're going to mix it up today with some timely topics. Thank you so much for joining us, Ariel. We really appreciate your time today. Sure. Happy to be here. So why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to IECA? Yes. Like everything in life, it was by accident, almost by accident. <clears throat> so my professional career started in the defense industry. It sounds like about 10, 10 years in the defense business. And then I had like a short visit to the infrastructure space. I was actually in the project management business for a transportation projects, big tunnels. And then it struck me that, you know, I came from the defense industry. It's like science fiction, a lot of technology. I'm, I'm an engineer in background, so I was in the R&D areas. So you see science fiction type of things. And then you venture to the infrastructure and you see like stone age type of uh, mentality and technologies. And then you say something is wrong here. So we started IECA with a, a close friend of mine, my partner about five years ago. And we said, let's bring digital technologies, what we know as digital type of technology, cyber communication, data, AI, those type of things into the most underserved business, which is hard infrastructure. It's water and wastewater, it's energy, it's transportation, all of those big, beautiful things you see in the outdoors. Um, which are currently not digital. So this is the story of Ayeka. Well, can you give us actually a, one of the things I was going to ask about were some of the challenges, but you you kind of uh, got there. What are so you talk about kind of this industry living in the Stone Age? Do you have some examples of of where they're so far behind in certain industries? Um, yes, it's not about far behind; it's about adoption of technologies because they they are. When you say hardware, by the way, they really mean hardware. There is no electricity in most of the things they are building. So think about water pipes, collection networks, steam distribution networks. All of those things are very, very mechanical by definition, a bridge, a tunnel. Right. And embedding digital solution into them, A, you should ask yourself why. There was a big question why to do it because it's working, right? The tunnel has been there for years. Okay. The bridges, the collection system for hundreds of years. And, uh, and then, so the first is why, the second is how, meaning once mm -hmm. you understand you need to do it, is how to do it because it's, it, it's complicated to embed digital solution into existing infrastructure. Right. And the third stage is what do you do with it? So uh, assuming you know what you want to do and how to do it, then how you really implement it because there is also like um, um, a human factor into it. It's not like embedding the infrastructure, it's making the infrastructure stakeholder use it. And so they're not in the stone age, but they are relying on, let's call it, um, existing um, frameworks for operation, meaning they used to do a lot of things manually for numerous reasons. And it's not like, it's not good or bad. This is how they do it. They do a lot of mm -hmm. uh, visual inspection. They do in field work. It's a lot of um, this type of mentality. Right. So they used to do a lot of things by driving to the site, collect what they see, take notes and going back to, to their office in the evening. And we believe that things should be different. Like we're running every, almost every aspect of our day-to-day -day life, personal activity, digitally. Um, we track our health, right, through the apps or through the Fitbits. And we track our, our um, financial activity, the banks. We track, we track our diets. We track, our, we track everything. Our, mm -hmm. our habits on Netflix are being tracked <laughs> and screen time. Um, but it seems that what is very natural for us on the uh, con consumer base it's very uncommon in the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And there was a, an idea that IoT, Internet of Things, in the industrial scope will, put, will bring solutions to the infrastructure. And mm -hmm. we found this is not the case because what works in a factory 
again doesn't work in the in, in the in, in the infrastructure. So right. here come infrastructure 4.0, well, I mean, the so, next generation. So part of the problem, right, is you have infrastructure that was built over hundreds, if not, I mean, sometimes even yeah. hundreds of hundreds of years, right? Well, I shouldn't say mm -hmm. that, but you get my point. <laughs> so you have infrastructure that's been being built for hundreds of years, and there's still you know pipes that have been laying in the ground for probably a hundred years. So how do you go about? Yeah. Digitizing or getting that information right from such old infrastructure. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you touch a very true point in the story, and this is one of the things that are unique for infrastructure. It's very hard to create a data. Meaning, in every IoT scheme or every IoT project, you need to have three steps. It's always the three, the same three steps, and it should be this one, two, three, but it's not. So the first step is to create data. The second step is to consolidate it in a proper manner, digital manner. And the third step is typically to analyze or we call it utilize the data. So in infrastructure, the hardest step is the first one to get the data, to right. literally create the data. And you need to add to existing infrastructure. As I said, it can be a manhole that is 70 years old, you know, in the Midwest, mm -hmm. a manhole that is still built, built with bricks or even older than that. You need right. to add instrumentation, sensors, communication, mm -hmm. cybersecurity measures. Uh, this is part of IECA. We started very, very early on because we understood that the first hard step that we need to tackle will be the data creation. And we devised, our, we built our technology around it. So like plug and play, fully autonomous, very resilient to harsh environments like underground installation, et cetera. Very modular. Uh, it was a very, very challenging first few years for us to get this data creation part up and running. And now, and it's been demonstrated all over the US, we can literally make every asset out there more and more intelligent. Um, and more, more company follows, meaning we are not the only one who's in the game. There are more companies that follows because we believe also the market is huge and full of potential. There are so many old infrastructure out there that is desperately need to be digitized. Mm -hmm. yeah, do you, I mean, obviously, it seems like one of the first steps was just getting the sensors into right. where you needed to get them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we see projects going on like this all the time, even with modern, you know, like, like electric, you know, they're saying they're replacing meters or water, you know, mm -hmm. to get those sensors there. So how, how, how complicated was that part of it? How long did that take before you could even start collecting data, right? Because you have to have so many sensors installed in so many types of utilities before you could start going, okay, let's start making sense of everything we're seeing here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So sensor is the first, indeed, it's the first thing to understand that the majority of the current sensors are not designed for infrastructure. They're designed for industrial, right. for industrial automation. So factories, plants, those type of things. <clears throat> and you try to install them in the great outdoor infrastructure, you find that they are not designed either to the harsh environment or to the lack of maintenance or to the lack of power supply. One of those things is missing typically. Mm -hmm. So you can only use a very, very narrow uh, selection of sensors. We have good relation with some of the leading sensor companies. We, we came to them a few years ago and we said, these are requirements. We uh -huh. need low power, fast wake up time, intelligent, etc." So some of them develop a product line that fit our needs. So it's enable mm -hmm. us an edge of our existing sensors. We also know how to take sensors and A, understand if they can do what we want them to do and B, make it work. Uh, but power supply is a major problem there, meaning you need to find sensors that are uh, power efficient. And second is reliability because you want to install sensors in places that they need to withstand, you know, two or three years submerged, for example, mm -hmm. in very harsh wastewater collection systems. So longevity of the sensors and power supply are major challenges, but more and more companies are building into it. The IoT is reaching those areas as well. <clears throat> what do you think and, has been the most significant advancement in these sensors? You know, not 
that you've personally worked with the company, but in general in the industry, what, what, where was the big jump you think? Hey, I don't think it's there yet. I don't think we saw we are. I don't think we are in the big jump part of the sensors okay. because because the majority of their business is in the industrial automation. So they're not very um, passionate about creating sensor for infrastructure. I think that what they are starting to understand that a there is a real need, meaning there is a real market behind it. So they're trying. They are moving more, um, more and more toward let's call it uh, affordable sensors mm-hmm. um, and maintenance free sensors meaning they are working very hard on creating a sensor that will require less ma- maintenance. I mean, like calibration and cleaning. Typically. Right. Um, but we are not there yet, or at least not at, not at the scope that we would like them to be. So you consider that something that engineers uh, should be thinking about as they're, as they're designing I, right now? For sure. And I know, I know they are thinking about it, but the cycle uh, takes time because in the, all the hardware space, which people typically neglect it in, common day-to-day things, there is a lot of regulation. So you need to certify everything. So certification, certification cycle takes time. Right. Um, especially in the in, if you're working in hazardous locations such as gas and oil and gas and explosive environment and wastewater facilities. So you need to have a very heavy certification process. And also um, a lot of the sensor companies understand now that the sensor itself is not the solution. It's a component in an in a smart edge device or in a smart edge solution. And then the data goes up. So a lot of them either team up with companies as IECA, meaning they bring a solution together, mm-hmm. or they develop their own IoT skill set inside to make their sensor smarter and smarter. So where do you think the, the need is the most in the infrastructure space you know what do you think who which part would benefit the most from uh smartening right. up or, or which industry right which like industry transportation yeah. Yeah. you know water waste electric you know yeah so a i think it's not a plain it's not a it's, it's not a straightforward question because there are many things into it a okay i, I will explain maybe differently infrastructure is diverse mm-hmm. and it's different for example the California infrastructure and the upstate New York infrastructure, they both serve water and energy, but in different manners. So right. infrastructure is not a unified industry. You have A, you have the segments. So you have water and wastewater and collection networks and et cetera. And B, you have different roles for those networks in different parts of the country or in different, in different parts of the world. So this is the first thing. Second, it's very political business, meaning, uh, for example, now in the US, I think that water is one of the most agreed upon topics between you know the different parties yeah. and entities everyone right. agrees that you need to fix the water infrastructure <laughs> and you see the, and you, see the drought. you found it ariel you found yeah, it yeah, yeah. But, but, by the way in the industry you will see that energy is not something that is, there is no consensus about energy mm-hmm. or about transportation some people like trains some people like you know high-speed trains mm-hmm. some people like you know big uh, big roads and some people say public transportation so but water is one of the things that, that can benefit the most because a it's a out of the infrastructure, it's a very, maybe it's the wrong word, but I will use neglected in, uh, industry. So a lot of, not, a lot, not too much budget was put into water and wastewater. Uh, a, B, it's very segregated, meaning there is not like major utilities. You have like very, very many, right. many small utilities all over small, the place. Small, yeah. Uh, very, very, uh, 50,000 of them in the US. Right. 50,000 small utilities uh, in the US or 50,000 utilities in total. Out of them, probably 95% are small. Um, and uh, this is also the thing that you cannot really live without it. So think about it. Water is the first thing that you're in crisis. You remember the Houston case, the, the 
the the frost and before the, the hurricane in Houston, the yeah. first damage the infrastructure was the the drinking water, right. the treatment plants was shut off, etc. So this is the most the first immediate response of emergency services to bring drinking water to people because they cannot survive without the water or the wastewater to collect it. So this is our gut feeling, and this is also our focus in Nayeka. We believe that water and wastewater should spearhead the digital transformation for infrastructure 4.0. This is a very big opportunity for us and them to make this leap forward. And, and that that makes it even more complicated, right? Because now you're talking about you know a utility in most places that's buried pretty deep underground, also, right? So you know whether it's wastewater or whether it's you know, uh, you know, water, water, right? It, they're buried underground, you know, feeding all these homes and these areas. So I, you know, and I know there's monitoring at the plants, but there's also monitoring, you know, at sort of like that street level or in that local locale. So how do you guys go about getting enough data? Do you know what I mean for a given region? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. sort of, like I said, you know, make make some assumptions on here's what needs yeah. to change or here's what we're seeing patterns. No, you are 100% correct because most of the current data is from the plants, the mm-hmm. treatment plant, the desalination plant, etc. So the, what they call the linear infrastructure, human the linear infrastructure, which are the pipes, the collection system, the power lines, this is called linear infrastructure. This is the part of the infrastructure that is less connected to the digital world. And this is where we play our game or we play our business in. And the question, how much data is enough, is a good question because, again, there is, there is no straight answer because, first, the, you need to understand or, or decide what you want to solve, which problem you want to solve because different type of data require different type of data sets. And, second, you need to prioritize it. But it's exactly like your personal life, right? Meaning someone who's doing a very – someone who's training for a very, very, let's say, Ironman will require a different type of tracking then you know that a guy like me that jog once every few weeks uh, because we are <laughs> we have diff- we have different goals right i right. i yeah. have a specific goal this the other person has specific goals we both may uh, wear our apple watches and use health the health application but we mm-hmm. use it differently and so same with the utilities uh, when we we have a say in ayeka that like all happy utilities are the same but every said utility is said in a different way and um, because they each one of them have different problems. Say in the southwest they have the drought, in the midwest right. they have the floods, in mm-hmm. the northeast they have the cold weather, meaning the, the snow. Every utility is a bit different. They all share the common problems, meaning aging workforce, aging infrastructure, compliance mm-hmm. of regulation, um, operational stresses that are uh, going over the roof, cybersecurity threats. They all share the same common problems, but mm-hmm. they use the solution a bit differently. All right. So here's a hot topic. What about cybersecurity? So I understand you you're, you're, you specialize in, in some of this as well in the cyberspace. Now, where does this play into some of the work that you do at IECA? So when we started IECA, as I said, I have a co-founder and a good friend of mine. He's the technology guy in the company. He comes from his background is also defense, but he comes from the cyber forces. He did some offensive, some uh, defensive type of cyber. And when we started Ayeka, he said, Ariel, Ayeka need to be protected. And it was like 2014-ish type of thing. I said, why? Well, it costs too much money to do it. And we are not prepared. So we said, listen, Ariel, we need to spearhead or to be the outlier. We need to be the well-protected. And A, now I, every morning I wake up and say, Yair, this is name, you're right. And B, because the story of cyber is becoming a hot potato. And one, for two reasons, by the way. One of them is just criminal activity. People are, or hackers understood that critical infrastructure will pay. Meaning if you're looking for a lucrative something, you will hijack a plant or a utility and you will just blackmail them. Mm-hmm. So it's purely financial thing. 
Right. And the other thing is, let's call it the national threat, meaning it's in, on top of, let's call it offensive activities uh, on the front line, meaning disturbing critical infrastructure is a very good leverage for both sides of the, of the, of, of the fighting. And in critical infrastructure specifically, A, they are late way, way behind, you know, a lot of other businesses such as financing and things like that. But B, they are only as strong as their weakest link. And in our case, the weakest link is those linear assets because you install right. monitoring or communication devices in the underground manholes. So you mm -hmm. have no physical protection on the assets, meaning you cannot really lock the manholes, right? It's, there are mm -hmm. hundreds of them in every city or thousands that are being monitored. So no physical protection for the hardware. And then, so your only option to um, protect yourself is through the communication. And we, I think that Ayeka Current is one of the only companies in this domain that is emphasizing cybersecurity every, of, every, or, of every part of the solution. And we also try to educate our customers and stakeholders that we work with that it's just a matter of time. If you will not protect properly your digital infrastructure, you will be attacked. It's, it's just a matter of time and statistics. Right. And when you will be attacked, uh, you, will, uh, you will have either a visible attack, so you will just need to pay to get them off, or you will have an invisible attacker that will just wait for the right moment to, you know, to switch on the, the attack, and which is very bad for them. And so in Ayeka, we invest a lot of technical resources, and there is a lot of, a lot of effort in the technical or the technology space, how to protect properly those dispersed networks. But we are there, and I think that currently we are considered the most protected or the most cyber secured solution in the market. And for a good reason, my partner was on the other side, let's say of the table in those types of projects. So we know exactly how the other side think and act. So we, we took the extra mile or we made the extra mile to protect ourselves properly and help our partners, colleagues, whoever wants to talk with us uh, about cybersecurity. So what is your advice then for, you know, we're talking about EEs and uh, I'd love for you to leave them with some advice as, as they go forth and they are designing and they're out there in the midst of all this. What, yeah. what do you leave them with in terms of the industry? Where it's, going? It's, it's simple. It just, people are a bit concerned because it's using a three-letter acronym. So the answer is use TLS. TLS is the protocol, the same as the internet, you know, the lock on the browser. Mm -hmm. When you browse to a website, you have a small lock on it. Mm -hmm. This is mean that the communication between your computer and the other side is TLS protected. So if you use TLS, you are almost there. So it's one sentence. Just remember to use TLS <laughs> protocol for communication. People, are, people doesn't find themselves affiliated with it because TLS is a three-letter acronym, right? Meaning so it's a, it's a dirty right. technical word. But TLS is the one thing that you need to consider when you connect two digital things like your browser and the server or your communication device and the SCADA system and other a four-letter acronym in this case, make sure that you use TLS. This is one advice, a golden advice. <laughs> well, thank you, Ariel. We, we do appreciate that. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with today? And, and please as well, tell us where we can learn more about you and IECA. So, yes. So it will be beneficial, I think, on the, on, on the, on the grand scale of things, that people, people will start to think about infrastructure, A, as a day-to-day -day necessity, but the majority of people doesn't understand infrastructure, but people who are into infrastructure should think about infrastructure as a, as a necessity, as a critical, it's, this is the reason it's called critical infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And second, understand that to move to the next phase, we call it, or not we, but it's being called infrastructure 4.0 because it's a, the industrial revolution into critical infrastructure. 
it's it's a must. It's not like a nice to have. It's not like something that you read on books or in, uh, on posts. It's something you need to do on a daily basis, on small and big alike. And we are working with some entities in uh, Washington about delivering this message across the board. Meaning, it's not. It shouldn't be like uh, let's call the one man ID in some some remote utility. It should be something that is strategically important to the, let's call it, to the, every level of government, meaning all the way from the federal level, all the way down to the local level of government to make their infrastructure resilient. And it's not only cyber, it's cyber resilient for sure, but resilient for the bigger frame because we do need those infrastructure for the upcoming 100 years. You need to drink, you need to power, you need to provide wastewater services. And IECA, we are spearheading this type of journey. So you can find a lot of information on our website. We also have uh, references there for a trade show for publication for articles and anyone who wants to join this type of a uh, movement infrastructure 4.0 we are more than welcome to cooperate I mean, if it's uh, regulators if it's commercial entities if it's end users that want to uh, create awareness in their local city for those type of activity our door is always open thank you ariel we appreciate yes, thank that. you so much for joining us sure